G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, you might have been following the news around the voice referendum. Legislation leading up to the referendum for an Indigenous voice to Parliament passed the Senate earlier this week on Monday. The question will be asked on the ballot paper, a proposed law to alter the Constitution to recognise the First Peoples of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. Do you approve this proposed alteration? Well, David Robertson is director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. He's been thinking through the issue as an outsider and he's back with us today. David, a special welcome back to 2020. Yeah, it's good to be back with you and... uh, yeah, I have been thinking about this, and so can I ask? I've been asking lots of questions about it, so it'll be good to share with you. I think. Interesting, uh, lots of questions, and it's good to ask the questions. Good to think through the issues. Good to look at both sides. Uh, Aussies are divided right now. David it appears that uh, polls will be saying that the no case is now in in the lead, but there is two sides to every argument, aren't there? Well, yeah, and maybe more than two sides. I mean. I find it a little bit ironic that I keep being told this is to unite the nation and it's turning out to be one of the most divisive things in many years. Um, I would say as well that I'm trying to look at this from a Christian perspective and Christians will disagree. I don't think there is one Christian viewpoint. Um, So, for example, John Anderson, who's a well-known Christian, he's opposed to the voice, whereas Michael Jensen, who's a well-known Anglican leader, he's for the voice. So... I don't think that this is a matter of, well, if you're a Christian, you will vote for it, or if you're a Christian, you will vote against. I think we need to think about it for ourselves. But nonetheless, we can bring Christian uh, principles to bear on it. I think the other thing I have to say is, uh, as a Scot who doesn't have Australian citizenship yet, um, uh, notice the yet, um, I'm uh, not eligible to vote. So I, in a sense, uh, and also as as a Scot, this is not if you like, my history. I've been reading a lot about it and thinking a lot about it, but I do come as an outsider. So with those caveats. Well, we'll, we'll, value, <coughs> we'll value your opinion, uh, David. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, because, because you're an outsider, oh, excuse me, <coughs> it, just because you're an outsider doesn't mean you can't have an opinion and you are yeah. in, uh, our, uh, in our nation and you do come with wisdom. Uh, that comes from a global view, and so uh, your uh, your insights are valuable, especially around, as you identify, uh, that there are church leaders who early on, uh, early on in the um, uh, in the whole uh, issue, uh, decided to take a position, and uh, and lots of those church leaders came out saying we're supporting a yes case. And, of course, now there's a lot of arguments that have been developing. Uh, what are your thoughts here about, you know, those who've come out early and they've, they've actually established a position? Well, I think they're, they're perfectly entitled to do that. I don't have a problem with them doing that at all. Um, what I do have a problem with a little bit more is there's a sense in which I, I, I get the feeling that this is a little bit like the Brexit referendum 
where the vast majority of high up church leaders and mainline denominations, the vast majority of the corporations, the politicians, um, you know, academics were all uh, against Brexit. And yet it turned out that the majority of the people uh, went against them. And I think church leaders do need to be careful especially if they don't say that the position, whether it's for or against, that they don't equate their position with Christianity. And what I mean by that is they shouldn't be saying to people or even implying, if you don't vote for this, you're not much of a Christian. Or if you do vote for this, you're not much of a Christian. Either way, people must avoid that. And I have to, to be fair, I, I, I've seen some church leaders more or less hint that, well, more, more than hint saying, um, that their position was the Christian one, but others have been much more nuanced, which has been good to see. In fact, when anyone becomes very coercive about how you vote on the referendum, uh, that might in itself be a negative. Uh, and that's something that perhaps even as a Christian, uh, is there a Christian way of thinking about persuasion uh, that actually might move to coercion and uh, you've all you know you've got a you know cancel culture is everywhere in some sense uh, what are your thoughts about about people who are being very coercive here in the debate well, i think it's wrong so for example um i've seen people say if you do not vote for the voice you're racist if you do not vote for the voice you don't care for indigenous people which i think is absolutely absurd given that they're in they're indigenous people who are who are opposed to the voice um, and on the other hand, I, I've, I've seen people who suggest if you vote for the voice, then you're voting for something that's anti-Christian. I just don't think you can put it in those categories. However, from a Christian perspective, I do think there are major questions that we need to ask and that we need to think. And, um, you know, so, for example, um, there's a wonderful book by John Harris called One Blood, which is probably one of the 10 best books I've ever read on any subject. And it's about the impact of Christianity on indigenous people, good and bad, in Australia. Just totally wonderful. And one of the things that is abundantly clear from that is there is a great historic injustice that has occurred, and the implications of that still continue. But then comes in the Christian stuff, because people say, I was at a thing where people were talking about race and repentance, and it was really about the voice. And it's funny, their view of repentance wasn't Christian. Their view of repentance was, White people need to repent, and repentance was not turning towards God, whereas Paul's definition of repentance in the context of Acts, uh, where he says that God has set us all in the places where we are, and that we all need to repent. So there's, the, I think there's a particular Christian aspect of that. And I think we also, we must ask questions, you know, what will the voice do? Who gets to vote? For me, an absolute key question is, is this introducing a racial element into the Constitution? Which, as a Christian, I fought against apartheid in South Africa. Now, people get very upset if, if, if you start suggesting this could be similar. But having a part of the Constitution where you only get a say if you're a particular race, that, that apartheid was separate cultural development, and I'm struggling to see what the difference is. You know, I, I actually don't have... Well, I don't say I don't have an opinion. I'm I, I don't have a vote, um, and I was very much swaying towards saying, yes, the voice would be a good thing. If I did have a vote, I'd vote for it. And because these questions of what it's going to be, who's going to do it, and how is it not apartheid have not been answered, I'm beginning to swing the other way. And I suspect many of your listeners are um, trying to wrestle with all this as well, but I'm still 
speaking to you no, uh, as a non-protagonist in this and as someone who's trying to work it out. And yet you raise some really important points because uh, if you come up with a valid uh, and uh, you know effective definition of what apartheid is, uh, then you might be able to judge whether what might happen on the other side of a yes vote uh, actually equals apartheid. And that, that might affect the way that you think about the, the referendum. Hey, but coming back to uh, Christians and a Christian view... Uh, what I've picked up from conversations now through this year, uh, when you think of, uh, from what I understand, 60% of Aboriginal people are identifying as Christian. Uh, but the yeah. Christians feel rather left out of the debate and uh, that a Christian view isn't in there. So if you're talking about uh, reconciliation and uh, you know repentance, as you mentioned, and repentance is repentance before God, uh, there isn't any... Christian view that seems to be public in the mainstream media. Any thoughts here? Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, it, it wasn't your show, Neil. It was another Christian um, uh, phone-in show, and um, I was asked, this wasn't about the voice in particular, but <laughs> we were talking about racism and so on. And I remember a lady phoning in from Western Australia, and she was an Indigenous woman, and I wondered when she phoned in it was live. I thought, oh, she's going to have a real go at me. Maybe. And she just, it was beautiful. She said, I want to say I agree with my brother, David. I'm, my father was one of the stolen children. Uh, there was tremendous injustice done. And, and I think the only way we can get unity and reconciliation is through the blood of Christ. And she was spot on. And I think one of the problems with The Voice is the number of people who, if they genuinely believe this, they're not very smart. And they're going to get very disillusioned. But the number of people who are kind of saying, if we pass this, which is only meant to be an advisory body with no power, then some we're going to close the gap and make life better for all Indigenous people. That, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, you can have arguments for the voice, but the minute you start saying this is going to be the way that the whole nation heals and we all, we all go on to nirvana, we are going to end with mega disappointment. I mean, and you've got people like the kind of sort of radical green Lydia Thorpe against it because she recognizes that it doesn't have much power. So, you know, I got to I've got to look at this and say there's something just doesn't fit here. It's it seems vague. It seems naive. I keep asking, what's the content? I ask, for example, who will get to vote when the voice is established? Who's the who's it the voice for? And, and apparently no one's going to vote. It's just going to be recognized. Indigenous uh, councils or whatever. But then I've got an even bigger problem, which is who counts as Indigenous? So I listened to one Indigenous person speaking, and I just thought, well, hang on a minute. And I discovered that basically three quarters of our ancestors were Scots, one quarter Indigenous. And I thought, okay, you're rejecting your Scottish heritage, I understand that, but, you know, who, who's going to deal with the real issues of poverty and the, the family breakdown and alcoholism, and, you know, um, the educational disadvantage and, and the issue with prisons and so on. Will the voice deal with that? So for me as, as a Christian, I'm looking at it and I'm going, I want justice. I want us to recognize the sins of the past. I do think that the indigenous people should be recognized in the constitution of the nation. But having a separate legal voice for people of a particular race, 
I, I can't see how that's not apartheid. That's separate cultural development. Now, you may want to justify it. And in today's world where racial identity politics is so strong, people will justify it. But I, 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 as a Christian, I can't see how that can be justified. There's a lot of things to think about. Uh, one that appears to have uh, really only just uh, emerged into mainstream debate has been this thought that the voice is just one of three planks that were a part of the Uluru statement from the heart. And so you have yeah. the voice to the parliament. Uh, secondarily, then you have the thought of treaty, which has yeah. in its uh, focus uh, reparations or what's come to light this week, the even the terminology pay the rent. Uh, and then yeah. the third leg, uh, truth-telling, which we might be concerned might have a revisionism uh, at the heart of it, uh, uh, revising all of the history of Australia, which, by the way, has lots of negative things when it comes to uh, the way Aboriginal people have been treated. But in this whole uh, issue here, there's there's more than one issue at heart. It's not just the voice. My suspicion is that people who are thinking about how they vote need to take into consideration all three of those planks that are part of the Uluru Statement from the heart. Any thoughts from you on that, David? Yeah, absolutely. If you're voting for a constitutional change, and that's a big thing, I actually think the Australian Constitution is pretty impressive. If you're voting for a constitutional change, you need to know what it is. But it seems to me that the question that the, the government are putting is to say, we're going to make some laws but they're not telling you what those laws are going to be. And I think that's profoundly dangerous. That handles, Because in the Constitution, um, you know, you can't... It's, it's very, very hard to change that. And I think the potential for misuse of that is phenomenal. And, you know, I, I heard um, John Anderson speak, and he did make a big impact on me, uh, not least when he pointed out that all Australian citizens already have a voice. We get to vote. So are we saying some citizens will get a second voice? And I, I think, you know, that there is an enormous danger that lots of money will be poured into activists, some of whom will be indigenous and genuinely concerned about their own people. And others, to be honest, will just be like we've, we've I don't know if they still do this, but Sydney University until fairly recently used to say you're indigenous if you say you are. Well, if we go that route, you know, I was at a meeting fairly recently where a man was talking about being uncomfortable in a room of white people, and he was whiter than me. You know, and I just thought, wow, how does this work? You know, who gets to say that they're indigenous? Could I say I'm indigenous? Um, so it, it's a combined with today's identity politics and mass confusion. I think that this needs to be much more clearly defined. I w to be honest, I wish they'd said, Let's recognise Indigenous Australians in the Constitution, you know, and let's admit the harm that was done. But the, the separate voice aspect, that, that, that I still haven't seen the evidence, A, that it will work, B, that it's justified, and C, that it won't cause harm. When you've got a, a no contingent and a yes contingent, uh, and we'll all fit one side or the other, Apart from the thought that, uh, you know, there'll be major change if a yes vote succeeds. But it's interesting when we've got a history of the Christian church uh, walking alongside Aboriginal people, not always uh, to the fullest extent 
by which the Christian church could, but there is wonderful evidence of Christians and the relationship with Aboriginal people through all of the hardships uh, so far over this past uh, 250 years. Uh, but you've got, uh, you've got Christians that are thinking also about what happens on the other side of the vote. Uh, thoughts yeah. here that somehow or other our faith is above and beyond what happens in the referendum. Any thoughts from you around the Christians, the church, uh, obligations to continue to walk alongside Aboriginal people no matter what the outcome? Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. I, I, so there are two aspects to this. First of all, as a Christian, I don't believe in races. I believe that all human beings are the human race. And I believe that Christ died for us. I believe that God made us. We're all made in God's image. And I think all people should be treated uh, equally in that regard. And that's a fundamental for me. Um, and I, don't, I absolutely do not believe in race-based politics, whether, you know, white nationalism or, um, you know, the various kind of Black Lives Matter type stuff that's been going on. Um, but I would also say this, that in 2014 in Scotland, we had a referendum. And in one sense, it was a tremendous thing because lots of people got involved who wouldn't normally get involved. And there was a great hope, especially in working class areas amongst many people, that Scotland would become independent. Now, it actually came quite close. And I remember at the time thinking as a Christian minister who was actually for independence, I remember thinking, if we get independence, it's not going to change people's lives, really. And if we don't get independent, it's not going to change people's lives. There are going to be people disappointed either way but stuff will carry on as always. What changes people's lives is the gospel. And I wish that Christians were more intent on proclaiming the gospel. And it's, I mean, I know that the percentage of Christians amongst indigenous people is far higher than amongst any other group in Australia. And uh, I wish the government would recognize that. Uh, and I wish that, um, you know, there's a lot of us who are Christians who are not indigenous We've got a lot to learn from our Indigenous brothers and sisters as well. My fear is that the voice becomes a distraction, it becomes a political uh, division, and it becomes a tool for imposing social and um, what I, I would call them woke progressive policies on the whole nation, um, which is ironic given that I don't think that the Indigenous community has shown any sign at all of being woke. Well, the opposition leader, Peter Dutton, he's asked the government to radically reshape the referendum and reduce the proposal to a simple constitutional recognition of Indigenous Australians. So uh, he's calling for a scrapping of the voice to Parliament entirely, like a two-tiered. So you don't want to miss the opportunity to have some recognition of Aboriginal people in the Constitution, and uh, this is something that Aboriginal leaders fear. Uh, they fear that uh, the recognition in the Constitution will be completely lost because the government is pushing for this politically active permanent body. Um, I don't know whether it's too late. It seems to be when, once legislation passes and, uh, you know, there's going to be a question, uh, that, that might be the question that we'll be all asked to respond to. Um, is it too late, do you think, that there should be some more agitation for a Christian voice, for what true repentance is, for even the question that's going to be asked of the Australian people? Uh, thoughts from you, David? Uh, running out of time here. Well, but, uh, ideally... <laughs> Do you know what? Ideally, what I would love is I would I would love for um, 
the Australian government to call for a day of repentance and prayer. I mean, that's not going to happen. But I, I would love that. I mean, I really do think that. Um, but I, I think with this, the, the enormous fear now is, at the moment, the way it's going, it looks as though the referendum will be lost because of pride to be more, you know. First of all, what you've got to do is you've just got to say, let's recognize indigenous people in the Constitution. That would be my view. You've got to do that. Then you've got to work out how, what's the best way to help indigenous people now. Um, and you'll get all kinds of answers. People who, you know, I go to these, all these things and we always have this call to country or recognition of country. And I remember going to hear Jordan Peterson at the um, Sydney Conference Centre. And as we were going to it, there was 9,000 of us going to hear him. And there was about 20 protesters and they were shouting, this is um, Gadigal land or something. And one of the indigenous people beside me shouted out, well, get off it then. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. But I, I think that in reality, if I believed I was on stolen land, in other words, where I'm staying just now, it, let's say I owned, I don't own my own apartment, but if I did, and I believed the land didn't belong to me and it was someone else's, then I would feel obliged to pay rent and to do stuff. But I think, you know, you can't rewrite history. You can't go back. 200 plus years. And I think it's really wrong to blame the people of Australia today, a huge number of who are recent immigrants, you know, for what happened then. I think it's to recognize what happened then was wrong and to seek to provide as much support and help as possible for indigenous people who remain. But you can't rewrite history. I come from a country the United Kingdom, which was constantly invaded and taken over by other people. I mean, how far back would you go with all of this? It, to me, it doesn't make. From a Christian perspective, I want to look at a way in which we can have a society where rather than dividing people according to their race, we can learn to live together in a multicultural society. You know, where, where I live in Sydney right now, I've got um, Muslim, I've got South American, European... Indonesian, Chinese, um, why can't they all be Australians and Indigenous as well? There's lots of good things to discuss around this. We could talk for the next hour. David Robertson, thank you so much for more great input today and uh, food for thought around a bunch of issues. To connect with David Robertson, David is Director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans. Uh, He has... Uh, thought through lots of issues. And if you go to ask.org.au, you can see uh, outstanding insight, Christian insight into a whole lot of issues. That's ask.org.au. David also writes for newspapers, magazines. He's the author of a number of books. Uh, Keep your eyes out for those. Uh, David Robertson, thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Privilege as always, Neil, and look forward to the rest of your show. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.